And we're on the air in five, four, three, two, one. Pencil. We are beginning to be able, cautiously and with our eyes open, to encourage some interchange of ideas. We have to start thinking about tomorrow. I've heard that somewhere. We must act today in order to preserve tomorrow. Okay, so uh, <laughs> welcome. This is Here You Are, Wasa. I'm, I'm one of your hosts, Dino. I'm Eric. And we've got our uh, our esteemed new Wasa resident, uh, Double J Joe is with us. Joe, welcome to the show. Thank you, gentlemen. Yeah. New so, Wassa resident, huh? Yeah. Yeah, Joe's back from Phoenix. No. Yeah, right? Yeah. Okay. I was it's late. It's it's after nine o'clock at night, you know, and Who stays up this late anymore? So, just in time for the winter weather. Yeah, because it gets dark at four thirty now. Man, yeah. taking taking the dog taking the dog to the dog park at four o'clock is no longer early. That's just about the time when the lights start. You know, when you start needing to have a flashlight with you. But yeah, I was having a real problem with my phone earlier today, and I just could not figure out why everything had this weird hue to it. And I thought maybe it was because they had the lights out where I was. No, and I just realized that it had to do with the fact that it gets darker earlier. So my phone is adjusting for the GPS and the fact that it's dark outside. Yeah. And it assumes that it's nighttime, so it should go into night mode. Wow. And give me that you know weird <laughs> yellow hue over it. It took me forever to figure out what was going on, but that's what it was. Whatever setting you have on, I don't have on. No. My phone has never done that to me. Yeah, a few. Here it has remember. magic. No, it was a few few updates ago. They, I forget what it's called exactly. If it's night mode or what it is, but it you can set it so that the the blue hue on your screen is not as vibrant. It gives you more of a yellow tinge so that it it's not as harsh as your. Do you, you know, mean laying. night night shift? Night shift. There you go. Okay. Yep. All right. I, I have so, something called night shift. Yep. I'm not going to uh, it because I don't want to do it yet. And it's based on, you know, and it bases itself on, on your region and, and when the sun goes comes up and goes down. And today that was about 4.30. It was starting to get dark apparently with, it's funny. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So our, our, our uh, corporate overlords are tracking us, you know, in new and interesting ways. Well, well, I'm sure that hasn't even begun yet. Yeah, ex- exactly right. Yeah, so. No, 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 no. Yeah, I, I don't make sure that my phone's cameras are covered and my computer shut at all times when I'm not using it. Yeah. Af- after you see the movie Snowden, you're like, oh, okay, that's it. We're closing this stuff, you know. So, <laughs> yeah, that, that was, and then, you know. You keep expanding outward from that, and Joe and I both watched this movie called uh, Zero Days, 
which was about the Stuxnet virus. And all I keep thinking is, yeah, I've been right all along. Survivalism. That's where the, that's the niche I should be in. Because <laughs> if this shit goes wrong, we're, I mean, that Stuxnet virus is like it. It can screw with your electric shaver, you know. So your cost. For those of well, the, only if it's Wi-Fi enabled. Right. I mean, right. For but those who are not familiar, yeah. Give me a little. Give me a little backstory, Joe. Please. <laughs> Go ahead, Joe. Yeah, no, 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 no. Your your Wi-Fi enabled razor. I hope. I God, I hope it's not a real thing. No, it's not a real thing. So, so, but tell them a little bit about the movie, Joe. Uh, it 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 starts out nicely. Uh, you have uh, just going through the actual what the Stuxnet virus did to the centrifuges in in Iran and screwing with them. And it's it's all good and it you know it's military cyber warfare for three quarters of the movie and then it delves into well they can do this to everything now absolutely everything the power grid our power grid is fifty years old it's useless as soon as someone decides they're going to attack it they can it's really easy you just need to do it. Write the code. Yeah, it's it's it was horrifying. Like the amount of sort of in what were the industrial something or other computers, you know, sort of the backbone computers of, you know, devices like assembly lines and power plants and all of this stuff. You know, they're all they all have IP addresses and they all they're all connected somehow and it's just it's just terrifying, you know, some where was I? I was at Best Buy and they have smart refrigerators, you know, that need to be connected to Wi-Fi because they can take pictures of the interior of your refrigerator and send them to you so you know what to buy at the grocery store. Yeah. Yes, because because having a pen and a piece of paper in front of you when you're looking in the fridge isn't quite enough. Nope. Yep, you need to have a picture. Right, right. The, your your refrigerator has a camera inside of it. Okay, that's just you know troubling. But so. you're not home. You forget what's inside. Sure, and so does. Had a busy and, day at work, right, and, and so you need does, to stop at the store. Right, and so does the CIA and whatever. Who you know, Edward Snowden decides he wants to look at the you know the insides of refrigerators in the Weston Village area and. All of a sudden, you know, it's everywhere. But yes, you know. All I know it, it is it's going to make hiding uh, heads in the refrigerator much more difficult. Yeah. Yeah. In the all, future. yeah right. So now this the, the FBI doesn't need a warrant if we're going to hide a, fr- a head in the fridge. They can just yep. sort of hack our fridge through the IP address. Yeah. Yeah. So. So that and they br- still have to figure out a way to justify doing that, though. Yeah. Right. Because they're yeah because they, they can't can, just say. Well, you know, judge, we we hacked your refrigerator, so that's how we knew. Yeah, so I think that the thing after watching Stuxnet and Snowden, yeah, I don't know that that's a problem for them. I think they, they <laughs> yeah, just probably. right, they're just hacking the shit out of anything, and kaboom, we're off and running. So yeah, I watched uh, yeah, because there was like a, a rabbit hole of this stuff for a little while. I watched um, the Aaron Schwartz documentary, the kid from Reddit who killed himself. That uh, mm-hmm. the internet's own boy and sort of how the F- the federal government attacked him, 
And then I watched, uh, last night I actually watched We Are Legion, which is a documentary about Anonymous, which I found strange because they're anonymous. Yet there were lots of people in the in the movie. But uh, it's, it's, a, it's a fascinating time. But uh, even more fascinating for ham-handed segues. Um, Kaboom. We, right. We just had... <laughs> Uh, a, a national election, and uh, did we? Yes, we did. For what? Yeah, for uh, for, for dog catcher. At this point, I think that's what he's qualified to do. Um, but uh, yeah, so we had a we had a presidential election, and we had lots of sort of local elections. So I thought we could talk about those. So let's let's start at the top, which I think we might all agree is is the most disconcerting. So. Uh, Boys, boys, what do you think? Did did uh, did the good guy win? Well, first, I think I want to correct you. I don't think he's qualified as dog catcher. Most likely, he he would be qualified as cat catcher. Um, but, <laughs> oh, that, that's yeah, some come on, that's that's some, that that's some advanced. That's low. That is some high wire jokes right there, folks. That is Joe dancing on a high wire. Did I land it? Did but I land it? That's all I'm going to good. Ask. I don't know if you, I don't know if you landed that one. You kind of you kind of you kind of came off it in the middle a little bit and pulled the gas pedal up a little bit. Yeah, so well, you didn't, I'm new to this. Yeah, you didn't commit as much as you know you could have. So, <laughs> but regardless, did uh, so? What no, do we think of no. the election? Uh, well, I I can say that I've been completely avoiding TV news. Um, that's that 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 would probably put it mildly. Um, I'm in shock. Still, yeah, weekly. Yeah. Eric, yeah, same thing. I'm surprised to hear him say that because it's been the same sort of thing for me. So I've started I've started unfollowing a number of people on Twitter just because I I mean I I we have the same sort of mentality about a lot of things but just the fact that he's being talked about in president elect god i just hate yeah, that it hurts. it hurts it does really and i think that's the first time i've said it but you know it's just to, to talk about it in those terms i can't i can't stomach it i just can't so i've i've, I've avoided it as much as i can yeah. Until I could find a way to, to deal with you, it. So for me, the deal is I was obviously horribly upset by this. I, I work more directly in, in politics and campaigns uh, than you guys do, though I did suck Joe into a couple this year. He, he did some, you know, sort of direct action on, on some campaigns, and, and I'm going to ask about that in a little bit. But I I was really, like, I was really upset for... I don't know, maybe eight full hours. And then this, for me, there's there's always this thing where, you know, I, I balance the, the philosophical argument about Trump being being president, which I find to be horrific, um, versus the the reality of governing. So this, it comes out of, it comes out of my time. It, the best way to explain it is it comes out of my time at Family Planning Health Services. So when, when I was there, we, we balanced our sort of messaging and rhetorical and advertising work um, 
based on the idea that we we provided services as our primary mission. Our primary mission wasn't to make the argument like the big sister group Planned Parenthood. The primary mission was to get condoms in the hands of 17-year-olds, you know, and that kind of thing. And so, the, like, clearly something happened that Democrats lost the argument with the American people. And, uh, but at the same time, I, I'm, I was depressed about that, and I, I find government to be, to be horribly threatening at this point in our nation's history. But I, but I realized that just because he says something doesn't make it true. It doesn't, you know, it doesn't, he doesn't, the wall's not going up overnight. The, he doesn't simply get to ban Muslims. Groups like the ACLU still exist. And, uh, and they can fight, they'll fight a president, you know. The ACLU has fought every president for the last hundred years. And so he, they're not going to, I can't imagine them letting this guy go. So just because he says it, you know, doesn't make it so. I mean, there there are things that are horrific. You know, this this idea that he gets to nominate at least one, maybe three Supreme Court justices is terrifying for me. It's it's terrifying this idea that he's going to change trade agreements with countries throughout the world, which will, you know, and he'll do it without any respect for the world economy. It's it, but I come back to this this firm hope that He's not. He's going to have at least one normal person on his cabinet who's like, "Hold on, buddy. Look, you know, no matter what Giuliani says, we can't bomb Israel. You know, we can't bomb those guys because they're bad at you know swimming or whatever the shit." There, I I firmly believed by ten o'clock the next morning that you know, okay, so we're off and running, and now now he's got to find a way to govern, and I don't know if he knows how, and I just hope that somebody does. So, well, his choices, his choices for people helping him have been confounding. Yep, they um, really are. So, so using using words governing. Yep. It. I, oh, yeah. I don't actually know how that happens. Right. So, the you know, there's there's all the reporting about how uh, Trump didn't know that the White House staff leaves. That uh, he didn't know how many political appointees he would have that he had to make. You know, and he's got to make he has to make four thousand roughly four thousand political appointments to employment positions throughout the federal government. Sort of that lack of knowledge. That's the for me. That's the really disturbing thing that he spent an entire campaign decrying the federal government of its you know its inability to get anything done, and then when he showed up, he didn't know what the federal government actually does. You know and. It's, well, I think. I th- go ahead, Eric. Eric, oh, I didn't sorry. say it. No. Oh. Sorry, I it, it it the stories about his going and telling people he he wanted to split time between Mar-a-Lago and New York, basically not live in the White House. Right. Was how how do you even think that that's plausible it shocking just shocking to me or uh what's the other what's the thing today he uh he wants to he he brought in general flynn to the president presidential briefing 
and he asked for his son or son-in-law Jared to be in on the presidential briefing from the security agencies. And it was Rachel Maddow did a thing about it tonight that, you know, General Flynn is okay. He still has his top secret clearance, but he he also lobbies for the Turkish government. So, (laughs) you know, we're just, we're, you know, like we're completely throwing away ethics entirely. So it's going to be an interesting four years. That's for sure. Yeah. So what, Eric, what do you think is the most troubling thing about a Trump presidency? If you had to pick one. I think I'm not as political as you are. And I don't, from an intellectual standpoint, I mean, I I like to think that I am, but I don't know as much. Um, So it's just the the man's demeanor. I mean, the things that he says, the way he says them, the the way he acts towards other people, those are not indicative of somebody in an office that we are supposed to respect. Yeah, Joe. That's a hard thing for me to swallow. Yeah, the, I, I think I think for me the <clears throat> here here we've got three white guys who are white guys we're afraid right I, I can't I can't imagine being Latino black Muslim anyone who has more melanin yeah it, that's what frightens me the most his supporters seemingly thinking that now that Trump's in office, their hate and vile nature is perfectly acceptable. Yeah. Yeah. I, I wrote about, about you. So for me, it's, I mean, there's a bunch of stuff and I'm, I'm pretty deeply involved in all of it, but, um, to, to lift up what Joe said, I think what, what that, for, for me, the problem becomes he, he, he's going to model a behavior to young people that should not be modeled like i like if i ever saw my niece make fun of a disabled person which is hilarious coming from me but <laughs> if if she did that i would correct that behavior in her in a in a vigorous way and 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 he he did it he, and he's the he's the fucking president you know the the entertainment tonight tape the cavalier way in which he talks about people, the the fact that Katie Turr from Katie Turr's from MSNBC or is she from CNN? Yeah. MSNBC. So Katie Turr needed to have a security guard on the campaign trail because he called her out by name, and his his true his you know supporters threatened her. She's just a journalist, you know. And, and so it's, you know, it's, it's not even like she was Robert Costa who made a living out of just ripping the shit out of Trump. But, you know, I think the most troubling thing is his lack of awareness of what the federal government actually is and does and what it's important for. And that, that, that is troubling on, on huge levels. Like, I think obviously the Supreme Court is gone. You know, there's, there's going to be a lot of things that are, that are really like the EPA and environmental protection that that's troubling if he decides to 
take on libel laws like he said he wanted to. You know, his this idea of a Trump enemies list, that's just horrifying. You know, I can I can tell you just for, for me, for my work, we we dudes like me have started to, you know, move our communications to more secure platforms. Like I'm no longer using just regular text messaging for work. We're we're all using Signal now because it's encrypted end to end. So, you know, and it's you know, moving off of I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna move off of Gmail apps or Google apps for work because you know it pop, a person that I work with popped up in these in the hacked WikiLeaks emails like her name was in there in an email from John Podesta and I'm like that's that is literally one degree away from me you know so if they hacked her emails they would find my name and then they hack my emails and they find you too so you know we're all screwed but. You know, I think that that's that's troubling. But let's let's take it down a notch. Let's let's bring it home to Wisconsin a little bit, boys. So, uh, any thoughts about Russ Feingold versus Ron Johnson? I I can't, I can't believe that it, uh, it the poll numbers switched from. Russ up by 10, 11, 12 points, depending on when it was, and flipped over in what seemed like two weeks. It was two weeks, and all of a sudden it was a close race, and then it took a whole half hour before they called it, yeah. I think, Dino. Yep. After polls closed here, it was a half hour, and it was done. It was a huge margin after that half an hour, though. Right, yeah. He, he, Ron that was Ron that Johnson, was shocking. Right, Ron Johnson won by eight percent. He had never, you know, he hadn't been up in the polls in weeks, you know, and and he was arguably running against, I'll say, the greatest Democrat Wisconsin's ever cranked out, you know, I yeah. you know, who had Russ had millions and millions of dollars, you know, and he had the he literally had the best of the best for his staff, and you know, it just he got. He got wrecked, and I—that's the one where I don't—I just don't get it. Like most of the other ones, I—I I totally understand, but yeah, Ron Johnson's ability to pull that off shocked me. I understand it to a degree with all of the candidates, but you know, I think Joe, you're right. You know, at, at some point, two weeks, whatever it was, you know, that arbitrary date, there was a turning point in just about every one of these elections, and it's really interesting to watch. It's just. You could just see the shift. Yeah, yeah. It was. It, it wasn't like it was a, a, a you know a landslide or anything between the two of them. Up to that point, it was just it was a close race, and then all of a sudden, it seemed that every Dem was losing ground. Yeah, I, I, I don't, I, I don't understand how it happened. Um, Especially with Trump and Johnson supporting Trump, but then again, Trump wins. Trump wins. He brings in an enormous amount of rural voters, who I guess just down down ticket ballot, you know, down ticket voting. It just pulled them all along, and it was it was disheartening. To see it and happen. Did I read? And did I read that that turnout was down twenty percent? 
Yep. At least in Wisconsin, maybe. No, turnout was yeah. down 20%, I believe, nationwide. I would have... That shocked me as well. I would have thought it would have been up up 20% or more, given the stakes that were at hand in this election. Yeah, there's there's no accounting for, you know, the... You know, following a big time, you know, show like how how's Hillary and her energy level going to follow Barack Obama? You know, that's Jesus. No, it's hard. You know, so it would it was hard to get people excited. There's, I think there's no way around it. If you were undecided and you really were like, I I need her to show me something. You know, you probably wouldn't see it. You know, but. Those people are also fuckers, in my opinion. So I don't get yeah. that undecided vote. It just seems stupid to me. It's like you know, you hire this clown for a job that's unqual he's unqualified yeah. for, versus somebody who's a career politician. You know, in the end, at the end of the day, when you walk into that booth, if you're undecided, you pick the one that has the experience. Yep. I think that, of course, you're you're a you're a rural voter, apparently. Right. So I think that's the way you would think. The the right. reality of that is people vote. You know, in my experience, people vote. You know, almost exclusively based on their emotion. Like Trump's mm-hmm. Trump's win was was had nothing to do with you know with his qualifications or her qualifications or his lack of qualifications. It had to do with you know. He whatever you were looking to have affirmed by a presidential candidate, he affirmed for you. You know whatever whatever you were looking for in the world, whether it's you know, fuck those politicians or hey, we need to protect the you know we need to keep going on this course. You were going to pick who you were going to pick. I think I don't you know I think that it, it's this idea that somehow you know we're we're undecided. That might be true. There might be actually undecided people in the world, but I, I don't know how that would. I don't even know how that would work. You know, at this, you you have to literally live on Gilligan's Island to <laughs> and, and to come back the day before and go. Oh, I get. I have the right to vote. That's true. I'm going to. I, I'm undecided. Let me pick one. You know, I think that that's that. You know, but. Uh, so let's let's get a little bit more. Let's let's even get even more local. So we're all you know we're Central Wisconsin people. Mandy yep. Wright, Mandy Wright loses to Pat Snyder by two thousand votes. Yeah, um, I think Dino and I had talked about this. Uh, Planned Parenthood throwing was it. Quarter million dollars. Quarter million bucks. Yep. Yeah. Um, throwing money into the campaign up here, I I don't understand it. I don't know that it was necessary. Um, the Democratic Party of Wisconsin or whoever ran the negative ads um, against Snyder that certainly didn't help. Um, do you know? Do you know the ad he's talking about, Eric? Yeah, the well, maybe the one with the wife. No, the stripper ad. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that yeah. one. Yeah, the, the the stripper ad did not help, and they had a ad out. I think two days later with his wife. Yep. 
And oh. I think at that point it was over. There was there was no coming back from that. Which is unfortunate because after the wife ad came the the kid ad. Right, yeah. That was anti-right, and I think that it was just sort of, because of the first two anti-Snyder ads, that one was just sort of overlooked, and I thought that one was just heinous, and maybe that's because I'm a father, but right. I mean, I thought that was so, so terrible. That was worse than anything she had done. The, the thing is, like, the, the stripper ad was done by the Assembly Democrats to elect, or the Assembly Committee to elect Democrats, which yeah. isn't technically a part of it's not a real uh committee from the from the party it's again made up completely and and they ran this ad and it was so outside of her brand and who she was it gave it gave pat the the moral high ground he got to, he got to be the he actually got to be the victim and uh of the big mean mandy Wright, which Mandy's not the big meanie in this case. Pat's the big meanie. And right. but, you know, she gave up that moral high ground and then all of a sudden an outside group dumps that, that little girl video on uh on the market, you know, in the just in the last couple of days it seemed like. Right. And I, I thought I I heard that ad on the radio before. Okay. okay. It was I heard it on the radio before the the strip club ad. Oh, okay. Came. So I, I, I literally didn't see that ad until election day. And that's the first time I saw it and it popped up on YouTube for me. And then, you know, later on I caught it on television. But, you know, it, it was it was gross. I mean, that was a really shot. That was, I mean, because Ma- Mandy was the golden ticket. She was, you know, the number one Democrat candidate for this for state level races. That's where all the resources went. And uh and to, yeah. to have her lose like that was a shock. And and to that guy, you know, like I, Jesus, I can't tell you how many times my boss went on his Pat's radio show uh, at family plan when we were at family planning, and just the amount of just lies Pat would tell about birth control and abortion and shit like that. <laughs> and I'm like, wow, you're just you're just lying. And I'm you know, and that's just what happened, you know. Any any one, and now he gets to go to, you know, go to Madison and screw around with all the other pro-life Wisconsin voters. So him and him and Andre Jacques and Matt Sandy can sit in a corner and, you know, talk about Jesus and unborn babies and shit like that. But that that's a lot of that's a lot of inside baseball and quite a bit of, you know, rage right there. But yeah, I you know but then, then, then let's uh, let's look at Congressman Sean Duffy, who ran against mean, uh, who who do you run against? Uh, Hoff, Mary, Mary, Mary Hoff, right? Either, Hoffler, whatever either, her name either was. Did you guys meet her? No, I saw her at a parade, but oh, no. Saw, oh, okay. Oh, all right, good. Because uh, uh, just before the big incident, there was an incident. Yeah, wasn't there like a shouting match between the two of them yes, at that parade? Yes, there was a shouting match. Between, was that the, the Labor Day parade? Yeah, there was a shouting match at the Labor Day parade. And it's just, you know, then it's funny because how many different candidates did we have in the run-up to that election? At first, Kelly Westland was going to run, and she chicken, she decided, I didn't say chicken, she decided against it. Then Bankstead, Kirk Bankstead ran for a while, and that blew up. And then we had the 
Was that your guy? That was my guy. Um, and then we had the trio, the three musketeers, Ethel Quizzler, Joel <laughs> Lewis, and Phil Salamone. All of them yep. dropped out of the race, and we were left with Mary Hoft, Dave Obie's pick for uh, for his congressional race. And she lost by, I don't know, 500 million, you know. <laughs> the entirety of the population of the right. district. Yeah. They called that one. Except they for that me, Dino, before. Eric, and I think my parents. Right. Right. Yeah. It was, yeah, they, they literally could have called that thing before they even started counting votes, you know, because <laughs> she didn't. So it was historically Democrats get roughly 39 percent in the district and she didn't she didn't make the 35 percent mark. So she did rather badly. But, uh, yeah, so it was, that was her own fault, though. Of that course. argument at the parade was just nobody knew who she was to begin with right. and then she has this blowout that gets publicized probably a lot more than it should have been right she, she was doomed she blows it out too she you know you looked at her social media feed for a while that's all she talked about you know yeah. and yeah it was that was that was tough you know i just thought and and the funny thing is is you know with with duffy not really having an opponent cuz he didn't really have an opponent he was no. able to to let his campaign staff go work for Pat Snyder, which is what they did. Yeah. You know, so Pat had a sort of organizational advantage because they had, he had Duffy's people and that's how that worked. So. And, and having seen the man in person, I'm just going to say he, he proclaims to be from Wisconsin, but uh, I saw him in mid October wearing a polo shirt jeans and flip-flops i'm sorry that is not appropriate wear for any man who claims to have lumberjack roots or whatever the hell it is he he claims you do yeah. not wear flip-flops with jeans that, and a pull shirt right, Sean. right that was that was a little bit weird so joe and i were sitting at starbucks doing some campaign work and he just walked in and like sat down right behind us and i just kept thinking he's right there and he he's so little you know, but you know. <laughs> so yeah, so uh, we we had a we had a rough round of elections there, huh, fellas? Yes, yes. We, so where I do we go from here? That's uh, what I want to know. Um, that's a question for the ages at the moment. I think. How how do you how do you reach rural voters? How do you convince them that? We're not actually the bad guys. We want to help them. And we're on, to, on the same page as them. You'll have to talk to Trump about that. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I'm with you, Eric. If I could figure that one out, uh, you know, exactly how to, how to reach rural voters, how to, how, how to convince them that they're voting against their own they're voting against themselves by voting for Republicans. Um, I, I'm fairly certain that I'd be a millionaire at the end of the next presidential cycle. Right. I, I don't know where we go from here. I think that where we, where we go from here is it, it's going to be, you know, one of two directions. We're going to have to go, we're going to have to go Trump like, and we're going to have to get a flamethrower to run for president. 
or we're yeah, just who's that? Elizabeth Warren, the oh. you know somebody like somebody who's not going to back off their their you know tightly held progressivism, like because in all fairness, there's you know it's not like Hillary was a perfect candidate. Right, her and her and Bill are horribly flawed political figures in our country's history, and you know there's no way around that. There's just no way around it. She's absolutely qualified to be president of this country, but you're you you know there the amount of hatred for for Hillary Clinton just on principle is is real. Like the the amount of people at the dog park who tell me because that's my entire social circle at this point, you know. I hate Hillary Clinton. Oh, okay. Why? I I don't even know. Oh, okay. Good. I, you know, you know. But like, you know, the the list, the email thing. That's that's kind of real. The Benghazi thing. That's kind of real. Like that happened. You know, with Bill and all the women. That that sort of happened. You know. So all of all of that's you know. There's there's a a kernel of truth and all of that elevated in in hyper extended bullshit that the right throws at them but you know so it's hard to it's hard to come overcome that you know but if if bernie sanders would have been a you know 30 years younger and and at all capable of existing in the world you know without some sort of bernie sanders litmus test i you know i think it's got to be that kind of you know bill de blasio new york kind of figure you know that's that's willing to kind of to really you know fight and run and have and have some fun. Otherwise, I think it's got to be somebody as cool as Joe Biden, you know, and that's, that's going to be hard to find, you know, because Biden's really cool. So. Yeah. Elizabeth Warren would have been an interesting race between her and Trump. Right. You know, cause he, he was just the Twitter wars. Right. Yeah, oh, yeah, exactly. Right. You know, I mean, seriously, who, but, it, but it, there's the other part of that is, the the electorate didn't was never was never critical of Trump for anything he did. Like they fifty million people voted for him in spite of, you know, grab him in the pussy and Trump University and all of that sort of stuff. I think they were voting for, for anybody but the Democrat at that point. You know, so yeah. I don't I don't but to be fair, I don't have a plan and it's I gotta, you know, come up with one pretty soon. So but I don't have a plan. I don't think anybody does, and I think that's what's the scariest part of this, is because this, maybe I'm just being extreme, but I think this is going to set a precedent. A guy that has no political experience hiring a cabinet with the majority of the cabinet not having political experience, you know, what's going to happen in four years? Who's going right. to who's going to step up and take his place? Because it's clear that there's a a great millennial disinterest right. in politics. So where are these people going to come from that are going to have the political experience and background like the Sean Duffy's, the Paul Ryan's? I mean, these are the people, the Ron Johnson's, you know, these are the people that are going to have the political experience. They're going to be the names that we know. They're going to be the continuing party, controlling party in our government. How do we think- spark that interest? I, it, it sounds awful saying this, but letting Republicans do what they do best and take us backwards, you know, getting rid of the EPA like they seem to want, turning turning the clock back 50 years on what progress this country has made, 
maybe maybe that's what it it literally takes for people to wake up and realize that wow trickle down economics doesn't actually work you know no but it seems on the surface like it works right yeah the 80s the 80s were a good time for a lot of people right nobody cared about the epa or the global warming aspects of our society they just knew that they had the money that they needed to pay bills and so now we step back 30 years 40 years start all over again just seems so backwards yeah it does so i'm gonna i'm gonna call a pivot then because you know we just had a rather that was a downer of a of a podcast right there so uh you know boys boys do we have any uh any endorsements you know this is kind of a last minute thing Do, do you got any fellas I, um, I, I endorse working out on a regular basis. You start feeling better. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you're also reading a book about Persia. Yes, I am. I, I, let me, let me get the book and I can give you the exact title and author. It is titled the first world empire and the battle for the West Persian fire by Tom Holland. Nice. And that just reflects Joe's level of weirdness and his commitment to the public library. <laughs> Eric, you got one? Uh, I'm going to endorse Canada. Yeah? Did you hear that the, the immigration website went down? Yep. On election? Yeah, that's yeah. fun. Um, but that's not what I'm endorsing. I'm endorsing one of the greatest bands over the last 10 years. Okay. The Japan droids are coming back. No, you're, you're shitting me. You haven't heard? No, no. They dropped a single. They've been playing tracks on tour. Tour, band. It's just been a band tour. Right. There's about five, there's about five new tracks on YouTube. And they officially released a track last week, wow. I think. Uh, and they're dropping a, an album on January 27th. I'm so excited. I love They're yeah, back. That's great. I'm I think that's that's just us begging them on Twitter, really. I was uh a little bit worried because there was an interview that I read that said they were sort of maturing and mellowing out, you yeah. know. Bands do. I'm I always harken back to Arctic Monkeys when I hear people bands say that because right. Arctic Monkeys took a severe turn for the mellowing aspect of their music. But Japan droids haven't done that. Good. There's definitely a, a a mellowed aspect sure. to the music, but it's still raucous guitar and screaming lyrics. Good. So I'm very yeah, excited. Cele- Celebration Rock is just one of those great records. So yep. that's cool. So I have I have uh, I have two um, on Amazon Prime. There's a TV show called, or there was a series called, or is a series called Good Girls Revolt, which is the story of the women who worked at Newsweek at the end of the 60s and the early 70s, who sued Newsweek magazine for um, discrimination as an equal rights case or uh, equal opportunity case. They didn't have the opportunity to become writers. And uh, it's, a fa- it's a great show, and it's a fascinating book by a woman named Lynn Povich. I think it's either Povich or Kovich, one of the two. Um, and then the other thing I'm going to, to endorse is uh, Stoop Waffles. So stoop, huh? stoop waffles you buy at <laughs> what? 
are you buy at Starbucks. Oh, those. Right. Those are called those are referred to as stoop waffles. So they're they're like uh little waffles you eat in your hand at Starbucks. And so uh the other the every time I go there I end up buying some and I just I'm in love with them. So they're little uh I don't know, they're waffles in your hand is the best way to describe them, right? Mm. So kind of crispy, kind of chewy. Yep. Yeah. Sweet and, and lovely and savory. So I, I really liked them. So, all right, boys, that's it. It's late. It's 10 o'clock. We're all getting old. I will talk to you guys later. This has been uh, Here You Are, Wassa. I'm Eric, and I'm out. Joe? And I'm Joe, and I'm out. All right, boys, talk to you later.